Hey everyone, it's Brianna coming to you from the Lost Gettles Library, and you're listening to The Page Turner. Hello everyone and welcome back to The Page Turner. As always, I'm Brianna and I'm here with a very special guest because this guest has not been on the podcast yet, so I'm very excited. So, hi Keith. Hello. (laughs) What do you do at the library? I'm a library clerk, Paige. Mm-hmm. Um, I am the guy that you see moving around in the stacks, putting books back on shelves. Keeping you know, the place running. Keeping everything in order more yeah. than anything else. Yeah. The library would not be what it is without the pages, which is why when I was a page, I started this podcast, and so it's a pun on page, pages. Page yeah. yeah, I get it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's so good. it's always wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm excited. I appreciate a good pun. Right? Who doesn't love a good pun? I mean, librarians, of course, have to love a good pun. Like, how can you not love I, it? I do feel like it's a job requirement. Oh, a million percent. You have to have a sense of humor. Working in a library is just insanely fun. And actually, that reminds me, did you ever think you'd work in a library? I have been working in libraries since 2009. Wow. Okay. Um, where I started working at my college's library. Mm-hmm. Then after I graduated from my college's library, I was in and out of jobs for a little bit as we were moving around. Yeah. Uh, and then I got a job at the Carnegie Library of Pittsburgh. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. And I was working there as a, a shelving and stacks person for 10 years-ish, give wow, or take. Oh, that's awesome. You're the veteran. Yeah, no, I've been around. I, we had Library of Congress there, though. So coming oh. here to the Dewey, it was just like, well... I have to readjust. Yeah, that, that, that is a switch for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, I was in a different world, not the library world before I was a page here as well. Mm-hmm. And so starting as a page or a clerk, it's just, it's so, it's so nice, I think, to see the library at that level. Yeah, absolutely. Like seeing the organization, the fundamental like aspects of how you structure everything mm-hmm. is, I think, a very cool lens to look at sort of library organizations by. Yeah, totally. Before we get into our topic today, which I'm really excited about, um, like yeah. we, we've really talked about like horror, sci-fi. We, we've talked on and off about it a little bit, yet, yeah, but yeah. I don't think we've ever really gotten in depth about it or anything. Yeah, because so. um, I only see you twice a week. Yeah, yeah, and I so, am part-time. So. Yeah, so um, it's nice that I was like, that's perfect. Let's talk about that on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a couple housekeeping things. Mm-hmm. Um, the page turner... As you guys can tell, we've had a wonky schedule this year, but you know, this is just one of the many things that me and my great colleagues do for the library and as librarians. Um, so stay tuned, it's gonna be a more permanent schedule, whether that's still once a month on the first Tuesday or whether that's maybe every two months to allow us to keep that on time schedule. But thank you so much, people are still listening. We really, really appreciate it. We really do. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's the only housekeeping other than that is summer's here. Yeah, it's really hot already. Yeah. And I hate it. <laughs> I I'm torn. I I'm I'm a I'm a rain gal. Same. But after those storms? Yeah, it was a it was a lot at the beginning of the year. I, I will I will agree with that. I'm I'm a Midwest boy at heart. Uh, so okay. missing the winter is one of those things where it's just like you don't get it out here in yeah. California really. No, the the so, fake winters. Yeah. We we only have summer. And, and then lesser summer. And lesser summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So that was fun to experience, but then, like, after you're going to work, you know, doing the three days if the power is not out, yeah. you're like, okay, this this would be fun if I was at home, mm-hmm. you know, with, yeah. like, a book 
Yeah, and, you know, close all the blinds. Yeah, tea. Just sit in the dark. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We enjoy the experience of that. Talk to me about your your reading life. What do you? What's your favorite genre? What's a genre that you find yourself reading a lot? Ooh, that's a fun one. I am pretty broad in terms of a lot of reading. I'll read a lot of uh, stuff, but I read primarily fiction. Mm-hmm. I'm not much of a nonfiction person. It has a hard time keeping my attention, but. You know, I'm I'm more of a fiction guy. I tend to listen to a lot of audiobooks, given that, for example, I am up in the stacks and yes. moving around. I can have one earbud in and just listen to books as I'm yes. going through. I, I just finished uh, Ninth House in Hellbent by Lee Bardugo. Okay, I have been told to read them, and I have not. Non-spoilerly thoughts? I like Ninth House a lot. Hellbent was also good, but not quite as good as Ninth House. Now, do we know if it's going to be a trilogy? I don't know. Um, okay. I haven't looked into it that much. This was something for my friends and I do a little like mini book club with the six of us. Yeah, and, that's awesome. And this was one that got picked for this month, and I listened to it. Yeah, I, I, I think it was a really cool thing, because it's sort of like that urban fantasy, magic in the modern age mm-hmm. type thing that's always kind of an interesting yeah. perspective. So I am a big fan of urban fantasy and stuff like that. I'm a big fan of cyberpunk. Oh um, yes, and cyberpunk. other sci-fi and stuff like that. William Gibson is a, a massive. Yes, he's uh, considered kind of like one of the heads. He's pretty much the father. The of head, cyberpunk, right, with, um, basically. Yeah. Um, sorry, did you say New Romance already? I, I didn't, but oh, that's, okay. But that's like his. One that's like where like, I got started. His iconic, yeah, like, yeah, start that's, with that's this. That's the one. Yes, I've had yeah. it on my to read list forever. It's a bit um, old at this point, so it, it's interesting to see some of like what someone expected the future to look like from what like the eighties. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember when Neuromancer was published off the yeah. top of my head, but yeah, it's it's really interesting to sort of see how things have changed, and yet how certain things are like, oh yeah, he he got this one. Yes, he was right. Science fiction is is a, it's amazing. I'm always. You know, I'm, I'm going through the, the collection upstairs. I, I would love for more people to get eased into sci-fi or pushed into sci-fi because the thing about reading sci-fi, even if it's older, is as you pointed out, like, wow, they called some things. They called some things, and it's, it's a very interesting thing to look at the perspective of what people thought at an earlier time things like the future would be now. Yeah, and I think that sci-fi, maybe in fiction, more than any other genre, shows you what society's worries, fears, and hopes are. Yeah, it's the same thing with horror that I see in movies a lot. Like, I've seen people talk about it in horror, where it's, what is the current fascination with, you know, whatever the the current popular monster Mm -hmm. is, is a reflection of sort of societal concerns and fears and things like that. Because monsters have always been an allegory. Exactly. (laughs) Allegory for other things. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, I think when, you know... Because I remember when, like, George Romero was doing a bunch of, like, Night of the Living Dead and zombies and stuff like that. People were very much, you know, I I know, I can't remember off the top of my head what that was reflective of a fear of. Mm -hmm. um, But I know that it was reflective of something. I know that vampires trigger something specific as well. Like, Well, a couple things. I'm so excited because I love this topic (laughs) that I'm just like, okay, I need to make sure I mention this and this. Well, that was also like, you know, you and me are both gamers. Yeah. And, you know, the Resident Evil series. Yes. There's that whole same time period kind of where coming back to life, the dead, you know, mm-hmm. what do you do? What does it mean? What do you do if a friend or a loved one gets infected? Yeah. You know, all these questions. And I don't know why, on the top of my head as well, like, why that was 
a few? Yeah, I'm I'm not entirely certain. Um, it'd be it'd be something that I need to go back and do some more research on. Yeah. But I I know that I had some I had some friends who were doing like horror movie monster study in college and stuff oh, like I that. Oh, I love that. And, yeah. And I know like my wife is really big into like old gothic horror. Like oh, nice. Dracula, Frankenstein. Yes. Those those kind of things. Does she read them as well? Frankenstein is one of my favorite books. Yeah. Yeah. No, we have we have a uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. We have <sighs> old compilations of Dracula and stuff like that on our shelves yeah. at home. She's a huge Agatha Christie nut and uh, stuff like that. So it's... I read Dracula, listened <laughs> to it for the first time. And it's, and so you're saying, you know, with jobs, when you're busy, especially when you're a page, audiobooks are like everything. Like, yeah. Literally. <laughs> um, and yet, you know, I read all three formats when I can. Mm-hmm. And when I'm at home, you know, winding down routines to read a physical book and then I'll, try, and then I'll listen to a book, you know, as mm-hmm. I'm um, nodding off. Dracula... I'm not easily scared, and I'm really not into paranormal mm-hmm. a lot. Those scenes in Dracula, you know, some parts you kind of laugh because it's kind of comical. Right, yeah. And some parts I'm actually very creeped out by. It, it, there is an unsettling angle to a lot of things like that, and I think that's kind of unsettling aspect is one of the things that horror, especially literary horror, mm-hmm. does particularly well, uh, which is one of the things that we actually brought to talk about yes. was because uh, one of the things when we were talking about whether or not we wanted to do this was, you know, you asked, like, what's your favorite book or what's a favorite book that you've been reading or anything like that. And one of my favorite books of all time is a compilation of short stories called The King in Yellow by yes. Robert W. Chambers, which ties into sort of the whole Lovecraftian yes. horror, cosmic horror, and all yes. of that stuff. Which I was so excited about because the, the, the Pale King in Yellow or The King in Yellow? The King in Yellow. Yeah. Is on my to-read list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I hadn't heard anyone else mention it. Yeah. And so when you said that, I was like, yes, talk about it. It's 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 one of those ones that has stuck with me ever since I read it. Like, I, I bounced on and off Lovecraft here and there because, mm-hmm. you know, it it's old as hell. Lovecraft is... Mm, <laughs> historically yeah. and and you know there's there's a lot in that oeuvre that's sort of a varying quality and stuff like that especially the older things because you know older language and older use of stuff like that sometimes doesn't translate as well to mm-hmm. more modern understanding yeah of, totally you know. words carry a meaning and if the language is different they're not gonna you're not going to feel the same weight. Exactly. As. Yes. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, despite the fact that it was written like late 1800s, The King in Yellow was one that really stuck with me. You know, and it's a, it, a combination of a bunch of short stories. Sort of the through lines of it are a play that can be read that uh, as soon as you read Act 2 and finish it, uh, it drives you hopelessly insane. <laughs> you never get to see the text of Act 2, Act two or anything like that. And I'm um, glad. Yeah, no, I think it's better un, unexamined. <laughs> yeah. But also I'm a guy with a theater background. So oh, yes. evil play, cosmic horror, oh, stuff like that. Oh, that's, that's like, like ooh. a combination. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it, it hit me right in the like bullseye of yeah. stuff that really speaks to me as well as sort of like existential pattern recognition, you know, horror in sort of a cyclical mental Yeah way the uncanny is i think another angle of that of just like stuff that looks close to right but isn't quite there something's off yeah and i love that too you know for me again i don't normally read things that are paranormal although there has been some instances where i don't know if you've watched some of those shows midnight mass and and the house of 
So The Haunting of Hill House was a show, and that dealt with, like, grief and, and ghosts. Mm-hmm. And then he did another show, um, which, you know, inspired by the title from Shirley Jackson. Now, I read it. Right. I wasn't that impressed by the book, but he took it in his own way, and he's done two other shows, Midnight Mass and another one, that take some kind of monster ghost thing and tie it with such real human... Like, he taps into that mm-hmm. feel of what those represent. Yeah. And that's what messes with me, mm-hmm. is, like, it's almost scary to connect to, yeah. to that. You know, when it's outrageous, when it's goofy, you're not going to connect, but it's like, oh, this is why we're afraid. An interesting <laughs> angle about that is the outrageous and the goofy, one of the things that gets to me is surreal horror, which is sort of an angle of a lot of the cane yellow of it really touches into that uncanny stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll it'll talk as though something is just kind of very normal, but then they'll drop something in there that is just wrong. Yeah. Where it's just like, you'll see this dude's talking about doing all this stuff, and then he's reading a book called The Imperial Dynasties of America, or yes. something like that, and it's just like, wait, hang on. <laughs> yeah, I have questions, and he's like... Why do you need questions? This is a... No, no, we're just going to keep going. Yeah, this is, this is a... Well, this, <laughs> this is, is how things are. Why would you have questions? Yeah, why would you, why would you have questions? It, no, no, I have questions, please. Yes, and I think that's... Yeah, that stuff... That angle of, like, self-doubt of not knowing whether or not you can rely on your own memories mm-hmm. and your mind and your perspective and things like that, that's the horror stuff that yes. really hits me. Totally. And some other great films... Um, so I I put I liked Midsommar better. God, I I feel like it's such a failure on my part that I've not seen Midsommar. Okay, we won't talk about it. I will I will make you. I've heard it. nothing but great things okay. about it. I've really wanted to watch it. I just haven't gotten around to it. I we will talk more about it then. Off yes, because okay. I have so many things to say. It's a horror movie that I went back in theaters. I dragged my husband. This was before you know having. Mm-hmm. A child, right. <laughs> and we went to a late director's cut showing that was like three and a half hours long. Oh wow! Because I needed every single piece. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, do watch, do watch if you. Oh haven't. yes, yeah. It's bumped up my list a few uh, few uh, levels now. Oh, and I will so. give you eighty five more movies. Oh, perfect. <laughs> to, to watch it, yeah. And so, yeah, that kind of whole. Um, what else would you say? Would you say it's a good introductory text, or is there another book maybe that's along that side that you think would be good for people to get into? I think it's a good introductory text because it's a compilation of short stories, so it can be pretty good. I know that the later parts of King and Yellow get a little odd because they kind of turn into, like, weird sort of paranormal Parisian romance. Oh, um, not at all what I was expecting it, you to say. It pivots wildly towards the end of the book, and it opens with, like, three or four really strong horror stories, and then sort of odd, more ethereal romance type stuff that, like, connects back to the horror stuff, but also is just sort of surreal and bizarre. So <laughs> I'm so excited. I also need to bump this on my tweet list, mm-hmm. up on my tweet list, because um, I'm, I'm just, I'm even more curious now. It, it, it opens with its strongest story, in my opinion, which is both a blessing and a curse. Yeah, um, yeah. Because it's just, it opens so strong, you want more, but nothing ever quite hits that... That same thing. The the specific story is the repairer of reputations. And it's just, it's such a fascinating exploration. And going into it blind is, I think, the best way to do it. Okay. So. I, I, I'm crazy when it comes to spoilers, so I will definitely be going into yeah, it blind. Yeah. What are you reading right now? 
Uh, right now, uh, well, I, ju- I did say that I just finished Libra Dugo's oh, yes, uh, I'm sorry. Yes. House and Hellbent. Question, real quick. Did you read other books? No, I haven't. So six, the duology, Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom, I would recommend. Yeah. They are perfectly written books. And I okay. this comes from someone who, I don't read a lot of YA. Um, mm-hmm. I, tr- I tr- tried it two every once in a while because I think it's good to yeah, it's a, a, a broad spectrum. And I just thought that they were put the books. Okay, so, cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely look that up. But <laughs> the one that I ended up downloading afterwards on, on Audible was Of Shadow and Sea by Will White. What's which, that about? So it's it, the the thing that hooked me and the thing that I think is particularly interesting about this is it's a, a, a trilogy of books, but it's two trilogies of books. Oh, okay. Because there's, um, it, it's the Elder Empire series or something like that. And the first one's called Of Shadow and Sea, but there is also Of Sea and Shadow. Okay, that's confusing. An incredibly confusing and difficult to look up thing. But it apparently follows, like, sort of two parallel narratives in the same world. That's fascinating. Yeah, and, like, they intersect and, and you know, break up and stuff wow. like that, so... And this, is this a new read for you, or a This is new. This is fully okay. new, so I don't, I don't know a ton of anything. I just started it. I'm still <laughs> on chapter one. Oh, my so. gosh. I probably called you downstairs by... Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. I had finished downloading it, I started it up, and it was like, hey, you have a moment to tap... Oh, yeah, uh, hang on. <laughs> Let me click pause. Yeah, um. so I haven't gotten much into it, but I've read some other stuff by Will Wright in the past. He does a lot of what I like to call, this sounds critical, but it's not, and I fully don't mean it as, as anything insulting, but popcorn fiction. Oh, um, yeah. Just like, he's, it's super easy, it's super light, it's really just, while there may not be a lot of incredible depth and yeah. nuance to it, it's just fun. There's nothing wrong with things being just fun. Absolutely. You know? I agree things, wholeheartedly. It's like, that's fine. Are you enjoying yourself? Yes. Is this Are you having a good time? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pick it up. Have a good read. Absolutely. Especially, like, if you're in a reading slump, mm-hmm. something, you know. Just, that... just read anything. Yeah. If you have fun, read something you've read before. Read mm-hmm. something short. Read something easy. Mm-hmm. You know, YA can be great for that. Yes. Stuff like that. As because of... it can just be a really quick... Yeah. You know, shotgun read and a lot Yeah, of as, as Jen says, she's uh, a supervisor and also the team librarian. She picks the books and she goes, you know, YA respects readers' time. It absolutely does. Yeah, I and, fully agree with and that. And a lot of times, adult writers not respecting time doesn't, they have such interesting concepts, but then they added 300 pages too many. So so YA can get I that balance right. For, I could talk for hours about my problems <laughs> with things like Game of Thrones and oh, stuff don't, like that. Oh, don't, don't even. We could get into a thing. Oh, oh, we could. I read those books diligently, back to back. It's not like I took yep. breaks. And then on book three, I remember a classmate in college being like, oh, you're on that book. Can you believe when this happened? Because, you know, it was so-and-so, so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have no idea who you're talking about. And if, clearly I'm missing a lot of stuff, so I'm just going to stop. Yeah, I it was it was around the fourth book that I got to, and I was just like, yeah, I don't care anymore. And <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. moved on from. Yeah, that. it's so drawn out. There's so many chapters where nothing happens mm-hmm. that you're like, yeah, you know what? I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, yeah, and like I don't think there's anything wrong with slow burns no, no, or no. things like that. Like it's just a matter of pacing. Is I think it can be a very difficult thing to do. Very difficult, especially sure. when things pay off. You know, in a way down book. The line, yeah. yeah, and each book is eight hundred pages. Well, how are you going to pace that? Well, exactly, um, exactly. And it 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 
it can be very difficult. Yeah. I know. Um, one of my favorite slow burn things that I'm reading is a, a, a web novel. Ooh. Um, so it's just something that somebody puts out online for free. They just write all the time. They are a absolute madman. It's called The Wandering Inn. Are you familiar with uh, like sort of the isekai kind of going into another world narrative that's kind of popular a lot in like, oh, no. anime and shows and stories? And- oh, is this like um, they go into another world? What do you in a way that's like Inuyasha, like Kagome? Yeah, they have the ability like- to come back. So yes. it's just a, a sort of permanent closed show. door. Yeah. My husband was telling me about one where it's about gamers. And then, yeah. and then something happens it's, where, like, if whatever happens to you in the game will yeah, happen to you. In there's, there's a lot of uh, overlap with what are referred to, I believe, as lit RPGs. Oh, um, okay. So, like, literary role-playing games. Yeah, yeah. People who have a lot of interest in sort of the systems of games and game theory and sort of, like, fantasy and stuff like that and mm-hmm. trying to do something interesting with the mechanics as a vehicle for storytelling. Very cool. And, yeah. and The Wandering Inn does something like that, but it does it at the most slow burn that I've ever <laughs> seen. It's I've been reading it for years. I'm not caught up because I took a break for a while, <laughs> and they stopped. They didn't stop. Was the thing. <laughs> I stopped. They, they didn't. didn't. <laughs> and I'm trying to catch back up feverishly to where a friend of mine is. <laughs> and it's just, it, it, there's so much, because they'll release, like, two things a week that are like, I don't know how they do it. But it's like 40,000 words a thing twice a week. What? I don't know. That's wild. It is insane. That's I'm going to need to check it out. I have nothing but admiration for them. Yeah. But it's it's remarkable. And I, I love the story. It's just a very slow exploration of yeah. sort of this other world fantasy thing. I love it. Because working in a library, like, you have to be nerdy. Oh, yeah. You have to have a special interest or two or three. Mm-hmm. And so something I love is when I love a series, when I love something, I, I generally love to see people try to take the mechanics of that world to answer questions. Yeah. Like, well, maybe this is how it happens mm-hmm. because of this, this, and this. You know, and so whether it's fighting style or how the government works, if it's not explained, mm-hmm. just things like that. And so that is always fascinating. Yeah, world world crafting and world building and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I, I find a lot of the times it can be done... Roughly, if, you know, it's too much of tell, don't show or anything like that, Mm -hmm. and that can be tiresome. So a lot of the time when somebody's like, oh, it has great world building, I'm always like, does Does it? it? (laughs) That's, I think that's one of the toughest things to quantify Mm -hmm. and to tell someone with it being 100% accurate, because everyone has their different ideas of what feels good enough. Yeah. And what doesn't feel good enough. Yeah, like what is good world building to someone is wildly different yes. between person and person. Totally. And also some other things may hook you in that the world building doesn't end up being a, something that you're looking out for, like mm-hmm. super hard. So like, oh, you know, the plot's hooking me, so I'm not exactly. really concerned about yeah. and all questions about X, Y, or Z. But yeah, what has been your favorite read so far this year? Um, I was a big fan of the Expanse series. Uh, oh, James Corey. Yeah, James Corey. Um, I have book one. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, I, I started the Expanse. I want to say like the whole series. The I, I didn't read the interstitial books because I know like every one of them has 
like a book 1.5 yeah like 2.5 and stuff like that i didn't read any of the the interstitial ones i just read the main line of the expanse and i want to say i started near the end of last year and i finished it like a month ago wow um, so and and it was the only thing i was listening yeah to you just much. kept they going big books yes they and, are. But there are there are nine of them and it's just it it was a lot of fun reading through that and sort of seeing this from that I have a fondness for reading a series start to finish after it's already done. Yes, that is one of the things that I, well, I was going to say, yeah, I pay attention to that. But honestly, I guess I don't. Mm. But for example, like, there's obviously huge benefits to doing that because, like, everyone who's huge Game of Thrones fans, just to go back to a previous example, yeah. are going to be waiting <laughs> for who knows how long. And especially with the way that people were disappointed with the way the show ended. Mm-hmm. Like, you, unless he decides to just write it down on do a piece of paper. Do something different, or, yeah. Or do um, something different. Like, you're not going to know what the ending was. I know that there's another big, uh, there's some controversy and stuff like that about, are you familiar with the uh, the King Killer trilogy? Patrick Rothfuss. Patrick Rothfuss. Yes, I tried to read book one. I got 20 pages, and I said, absolutely not. Yeah, fair enough. I've, I've read, <laughs> I read the first two. I remember liking them back in college, and I heard very recently, I want to say, like, that... He was supposed to be writing the third book of it, and his editor still hasn't seen like a page of it. Yeah, and and like he's that. now so publishing like, something in the world. Yeah, it's but just not like, continuing that series. It's like so, come on, even if it's bad, which you know people will be mad if it's bad, but even if it's bad, like just it's better than not ending. Yeah, writers opinion. really need to like conclude, especially if you know it's a trilogy. I mean, especially as a publisher or someone, I would be that like, you've plotted a trilogy out at least roughly yes, to begin with, right? Well, we know that you know a lot of people that do movies and movie sequels don't. Um, but like, come on, in the book world, I think you know you, people need to start being more sticklers. Like, okay, it's not, it's not read, it's not finished yet or written mm-hmm. yet. Okay, so this many years after you have this many years after the second one to publish the third, right? Yeah. Otherwise, you know, like that seriously needs to be a thing. We gotta, we gotta figure something. Out yeah, because this is getting point. ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just this sort of like whether or not you are can expect them to finish it or something like mm-hmm. that. I, I feel like this is one of the things that I talk about of trust in an author. Mm-hmm. Of I can trust at a certain point, I can trust an author. Like you know what you're doing. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And then there are some authors where I'm like. I don't think you know what you're doing. Yeah. I am not giving you yeah, the benefit Yeah, like, of the oh, you didn't expect this to be such a huge hit, mm-hmm. uh, you know? And a lot of times what's interesting is you see that a lot when people start a series and then they'll start another series. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is actually the series I wanted to write. Yeah, you know? I used this one to figure some stuff out. Exactly. Or, yeah. you know, my editor, like, was saying no-go for these things, so mm-hmm. I'm going to put them in my second this series. One. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know I know the first time I ever really kind of experienced that epiphany of like I don't trust what you're doing with the narrative was the TV show Lost. Stop, that's come up recently. Really? Because there's a show called Yellow Jackets, mm-hmm. which is a fictionalized account of a really good high school soccer team. They're going to nationals. One of the kids Dad's rents them a private plane to take them. Mm-hmm. And it crashes. They end up in the woods. All this stuff happens. And I was so excited to start it. I'd finished some other things. Mm-hmm. And then I immediately was hearing about how, like, they said, first of all, they said they had five seasons planned. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how? Like, there's not five seasons worth of need for that. There. There's only so yeah. many secrets and reveals. Yeah, exactly. And then I was just hearing other things that were very disappointing and bummed and that's, like, clearly they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm not watching anymore. I watched one episode and I'm like... I can't trust that. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you get to a point where it's just like, 
if you don't have faith that they know where they're going, mm -hmm. it, you immediately can just lose all of your investment. Yeah, and, and sorry, to tie it back, they were comparing it to, to Lost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like an incredibly similar narrative, and much like Lost. Oh, duh, yeah, there's a crash plane. Yeah, it's just a crash plane. <laughs> yeah. and, and much like Lost, uh, it was just there was a certain point where I sat there and went, you didn't plan for this. You guys didn't know that this was going to be a huge mm -hmm. success, did you? Yeah. And and when I hit that point, I started to see all of the other cracks. All the other flaws came Yeah, through. and it's just like, oh, no. Yeah, because well. there's, there's some shows where it's like that aspect to it makes it the show. So, like, for example, Riverdale. Yeah. Riverdale is crazy. I've it, heard nothing but madness about Riverdale. It's madness. It's insane. The first season insanely good it's a, it's basically a murder mystery the first season yeah. and like it's one that like if you ever wanted to go back to you'd be like this is a fun time mm -hmm. like you may not you know watch it all the way st straight through from beginning to end right away but like it tries out every genre and you just know it's crazy and so you're yeah. along for the ride exactly I, I feel that way about american horror story a lot of ways uh, too yeah. of just like you guys are just doing crazy stuff huh <laughs> Okay, I'm here for the you ride. You just said, bring me what you got. Yeah, it's like, we, some of this worked, some of this didn't. We both know that some of this worked and some of this didn't, but I'm here for the ride because yeah. you're just having a good time. They just, they own it in a way mm -hmm. that is like... There's we, a lack of pretense, Exactly. We wanted yeah. it to be, if you read some of the backgrounds of some of the writers, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I haven't watched. Amazing. I haven't watched any Riverdale, but I've watched a lot of videos about Riverdale. Oh, yeah. There's such good stuff. You need to watch season, season one and two or three, but one is like, it's actual perfection. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's genuinely very good. I think I did start season one. Yeah. I never finished it, but not because it was bad, just because I never got back to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. which happens. Like, I, yeah, I, I'm not caught up. Like, I've only oh, watched yeah. like three seasons. But then I watched like a YouTube video exploring like season four or five, and I was like, what, what happened? you talking about? <laughs> You're like, what happened? What happened There's everyone? a cult? Oh, it's it's crazy. It's, yeah. it's so crazy in, in a good way. I always am a big fan of something that is capable of not taking itself quite right? too serious. Because a lot of times with shows like Lost or something, as soon as they get a bit of critical praise, I, you know, I would rather have a show be only three seasons and be good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but it always comes back to money. It always comes back to this. And uh -huh. there's still people that will watch even if it gets bad. Yeah. But, yeah. The sunk cost fallacy of watching a show or reading a series. Yeah, uh -huh. exactly. See Game of Thrones again. <laughs> yeah, that, I was like, my husband watched it. I was I was reading it, and then I gave up, and then he watched it, and I was like, I felt so bad because when I was hearing about how bad it would end. Yeah, but, I, I long since checked out, and one of my friends kept going with it because he was just like, I've already watched so much. Of I'm already it. committed. I, I'm committed. I gotta watch it. And I was so I was getting like, so how was this one? No, it was bad. Oh. It was bad. As he's just <laughs> making himself watch. Yeah, it, it was just like it, he's watching it. He's not having a good time. Oh no, that's, but, that's what you don't want. But he's having a good time in the follow-up, just bashing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now so, he's gotta join in. Yeah. Do you keep track of your reading? Do you have any reading like goals for the year, or are you? Just a mood leader. I, I, I try not to keep track of it actively because I feel like the second I try to turn it into a assignment pseudo almost? job or an assignment or yeah. something like that, I immediately don't want to do it anymore. So valid. So I just like, what do I feel like listening to this one? <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. I keep track of what I'm reading, but I don't make myself like pick up beforehand. Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, what did I decide to read this month? That's exactly. Really yeah, that's what I, I saw on Audible that of Shadow and Sea thing. And yeah. I was just like, I know this author. This sounds kind of interesting. Let's go. Let's go with that. <laughs> yeah. 
And it, but and and like the biggest assignment I'll give myself is my friend's book club, where it's like, yeah, I'll read a book for there. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I will not go any further than that. Yeah, because book clubs are like, you know the book you gotta remember. Yeah, oh, I exactly. You gotta take a couple notes here exactly. and there. Sometimes you bring some gotta, like, to the table, especially if people are reading at different paces. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> because that's always one of the things of my wife and I are in that book club together, and we will get the books done like week one. <laughs> And then it's like everybody else is like, eh, I'm still working through it yeah. and stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You and read you're... like a normal person. <laughs> I've been listening to this nonstop for the past six, six days. Six days. <laughs> well, it's nice too because you can listen to it here and out about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I listen to it while cooking. I listen to it while driving. Exactly. I listen to it while shelving. Great. I know it's like, so good. It can be nerve-wracking to switch formats, but mm-hmm. you guys were telling you audiobooks. You can get free audiobooks through our library apps, Cloud Library and Hoopla here. Um, I have used Hoopla for the book club specifically. And I will say something, they're both great for their own reasons, Mm -hmm. and they both have a lot of options, but I will say I'm always surprised at what I can get on Hoopla. Yeah, same, honestly. They have stuff that I'm like, oh, they're not going to, oh, okay, cool. So if you're looking for something a bit more not super new or anything, they're also good with, like, getting you multiple parts in a series. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to start with a uh, book one, there's a good chance it's on Hoopla. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't remember if it is on Hoopla or not. It's been a little while since I looked into it, but I know uh, Becky Chambers, A mm-hmm. Long Way to a Small Angry mm-hmm. Planet, Very good. I think, yes. <laughs> um, was on Hoopla at some point. Yes. Because that's where I listened to it. Yeah. And I listened to the second one there, too, and yeah. I, I fully endorse that series. I love that series a lot. I yeah. Was I was I saying, need to get back to it. I've heard nothing but good things as well. I was saying really good to remembering that long title. I have not read it yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm hoping I got it right. That I always, right. I'm like, a small planet to a long anchor. No, hang on. <laughs> I know that's wrong. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Keith, for coming on the podcast. Well, thanks so much um, for having me. We have so much more to talk about. I'm so excited. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> if you ever want me on again, you yes, know where to find me. <laughs> yes, I'm more than happy to have you as a guest again at some point. Sure. As always, you guys can find us on Instagram at los underscore gatos underscore library. You can also email us at library at losgatosca.gov. Thank you guys again so much for listening. This is always so much fun to do, and it's a joy to see and hear um, about all the people that listen to it. So always feel free to reach out. Once again, I'm Brianna, and this has been The Page Turner.